Hey, Disney fans, looking for the latest Disney news? And interviews with some of Disney's biggest stars? Well, have we got the podcast for you. Welcome to D23 Inside Disney. I'm Sherry from Oh My Disney. I'm Courtney from Disney Parks Blog. And I'm Jeffrey from D23, the official Disney fan club. And today we're taking you Inside Disney. Well, hello. 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 Courtney has found her light. For those who listened last week. Yes. I am no longer in the witness protection program, everyone. You can see me. <laughs> hello, hello. There you go. There you go. What a vision. Yes. Oh, what have you been up to other than replacing a light bulb? I was actually able to go to the 25th anniversary of Disney's Animal Kingdom on Saturday. <gasps> oh my gosh. Oh, what happened? Cool. What was it like? What'd they do? Oh my gosh. It was so awesome. All 135 original opening day cast members were there. Wow. Our ambassadors, Ray Vaughn and Allie gave an amazing speech and thanked our cast members. They had this really cool moment with literally every single character at Disney's Animal Kingdom did this really cool dance move and the weather was perfect. And it was just a really, really cool day to see, you know, just all the elements of Animal Kingdom come together. And I can't believe it's been 25 years, y'all. Oh. Uh, and Earth Day. It was both And days. Earth Day. Yeah. about that. That's right. Oh, amazing. And Sherry? Yes, that's awesome. Well, not to only talk about the Webbies every single week, but here I am talking about the Webbies again. Congrats to my team because they won a webby for disney tiktok yeah oh, awesome which tickety talk was it it was for general social entertainment so it's for the whole shebang the whole account it won a wow. big old award so congratulations to the whole team thank That's you amazing. thanks winners all around i love it mm -hmm. how about you jeffrey well, winner, winner, chicken tender dinner, because <laughs> I did a three-night cruise on the Disney Wonder down to uh, Ensenada, mm -hmm. and of course had my beloved chicken tenders a few times. Mm -hmm. It was lovely. It was a perfect weekend getaway. The Disney Wonder has three of my favorite shows, The Golden Mickeys, Frozen, and Disney Dreams. I have to say this cast was un. Unbelievable. The Ensign Benson and Golden Mickey, she was terrific. The Anna and Elsa and Frozen were unbelievable. Everyone was just great. And huge shout out to Erin, the cruise director who was stepping up. She's been an assistant cruise director and I was so excited for her. I've known her since she was in youth activities and she's up to cruise director now. I'm so proud of her. She's amazing. And everyone else was great. Joshua, Mallory, Ella, they were all terrific. The weather was great. Oh, and one of my favorite pianists, Josh Freilich was playing. So I got to hear him. It was a great cruise and I, I wish them smooth sailing up to Alaska and some great cruises this summer. That sounds awesome. I am glad you got your chicken tender fix. It's been a minute. Yes, it has been a minute. <laughs> Maybe literally one minute, but still. You know what? <laughs> Any minute without a chicken tender is a minute that is sad. That's but you know what is not sad? Yara Shahidi <laughs> loved her so much. We got to speak with the fabulous actress about Peter Pan and Wendy, but not just about that and how she acted without essentially moving any parts of her body, but <laughs> remembering her incredible trip to Walt Disney World Resort to film Blackish, some of the things she learned on Grownish, and how Space Mountain helped her conquer her fear of roller coasters, apparently. So stick around for that. But first, we got the news. Courtney, what do we got first? Yes, Jeffrey. So Disney Plus has revealed 
the official American-born Chinese trailer. I will say I've been hearing a lot of buzz about this series, and I just watched the trailer. Oh, my gosh. So it tells the story of a regular American teenager whose life is forever changed when he befriends the son of a mythological god. The cool thing about this is that it actually stars several Academy Award winners, including Michelle Yeoh and Ki Hui Kwan. So please, please check out Disney Plus when it premieres on Wednesday, May 24th. Ooh, I will. And speaking of new and exciting things coming to Disney Plus, we've got a hip hop musical comedy adventure called World's Best that will stream on Disney Plus on June 23rd. This sounds just very cool. So this is about a 12-year-old mathematics genius who discovers that his recently deceased father was a famous rapper. So he sets out to pursue a career for himself as a rap superstar. Will he find out if hip-hop truly is in his DNA? You have to stream to find out. The film is co-written, co-executive produced by, and stars Utkarsh Ambutkar of Free Guy, who also performed with the hip-hop comedy musical group Freestyle Love Supreme. So this just sounds awesome. I can't wait. There's actually this cool Lin-Manuel Miranda connection because Freestyle Love Supreme, I I think he founded it with Lin-Manuel Miranda. Ah, Of course, Lin-Manuel Miranda created Hamilton. Thomas Kale, who directed Hamilton, is one of the producers. So it's all back to Lin-Manuel. There we go. It's true. All roads lead to Lynn Manuel, friend of the pod. Can't believe we had to friend say that. Friend of the pod. That's true. Oh, so many friends. Yeah, I forgot to call me for that episode. All right. So <laughs> it was BC before quarter. Okay. BC. I love it. <laughs> okay. So in last week's five fantastic things to watch this weekend, we told you that the first Spider Man films, Spider Man, Spider Man 2, and Spider Man 3, and The Amazing Spider Man arrived on Disney Plus. And now we can tell you that Spider-Man Homecoming and Venom will join the lineup starting on May 12th, 2023. Ooh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I like that. Courtney, though, we need to get you brushed up a little bit more on the five fantastic things to watch this weekend. You were trying to put a little energy <laughs> in, I saw, but we need to amp it up a little next time, okay? Okay. <laughs> no one can do it like you do it, Jeffrey. <laughs> five fantastic things to watch this weekend. There it oh is. Goodness. Do I sound like that? Like I just ate like a mouth of marbles? What? <laughs> well, water you waiting for because Ooh. I've got some fire news coming your way. Oh, We're sure. Come elemental. back down to earth. <laughs> you are just so full of air. Oh, man, it never ends. (laughs) Elemental, that's what we're talking about, of course. It will close out the Cannes Film Festival, which is running from May 16th to 27th. So you can catch Elemental in the U.S. on June 16th, and if you're in France, June 21st. This is actually the fourth Pixar feature film to be presented in the Cannes official selection after Up, Inside Out, and Soul. So very exciting for all of our Pixar friends and the people who get to see Elemental. People are excited all around. I love that. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't wait to watch another theater. I'm not going to camp. Although, who knows? <laughs> you never know with your, your schedule. Road trip. Road trip. <laughs> Something else coming in June is a new Stan Lee documentary called Stan Lee. Marvel.com just unveiled the poster and teaser trailer for it. The trailer is, you see all these great clips of Stan. The music is very 
marvel-y and intense and i was there to watch stan receive the disney legend award and just such an icon such a storyteller in the same vein as walt disney someone who really put storytelling at the heart of everything he created so the documentary will be on disney plus on june 16th but before that you know what it's time for what's that jeffrey It's time for five fantastic things to watch this weekend presented by State Farm. For complete details and listings, visit d23.com. And remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And in honor of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 coming soon to theaters, we have a Guardians of the Galaxy themed list. Jeffrey, what's up first? Well, you've said Guardians of the Galaxy a whole lot, Jeffrey, but you're saying it one more time because (laughs) the original Guardians of the Galaxy is currently available to stream on Disney+. Plus. So if you have not already watched it, you need to watch that so that you can be ready to watch the third. But before that, you're going to need to watch something that Courtney is going to tell you about. Oh, yeah. This is actually my favorite Guardians of the Galaxy. Volume 2 is available to stream on Disney+. Plus. So this is the one where the Guardians are saved by a man who identifies himself as Ego, also known as Disney legend Kurt Russell. Oh, yeah. And after you've watched Volume 2, you need to see the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, also on Disney+. Plus. Essentially, just never leave Disney+. Plus. Ever, except when you're going to see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. In the theater. (laughs) And for those who may have missed it, though it may not yet be the holiday season, though Sherry would argue that fact, there are several very important plot reveals within Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special that you are going to want to know before you watch Volume 3. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Ms. Courtney, get on that. I'm on it. And for the record, it is the holiday season ish. It's always the holiday season. Always. Yeah. It's halfway to April. (laughs) See? Because at that point, you're just going to need more Guardians in your life. I say watch Guardians of the Galaxies, the series. It's the fun animated series, also on Disney Plus. And fun fact voicing Star Lord slash Peter Quill is Will Friedle, who <gasps> you all may remember from Boy Meets World. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh, this is exciting. Love that. And if you still haven't gotten your Guardians of the Galaxy fill, check out I Am Groot, also streaming on Disney+. Plus. There is no guarding the galaxy from this mischievous toddler, you know? I Am Groot. <laughs> I was just exactly. agreeing with you, but I was doing it. In, I, yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought so. <laughs> well, on to our guest who has racked up an impressive amount of work with Disney. In addition to starring as Zoe Jackson on Blackish and Grownish, she has also appeared on Miles from Tomorrowland, Wizards of Waverly Place, Scandal, and The Fosters. And now she's starring as everyone's favorite fairy, Tinkerbell, in Peter Pan and Wendy. Please welcome to the show, Yara Shahidi. Woohoo! Hi! Welcome! So, Yara, do you remember when you first heard the story of Peter Pan? You know, I'd have to be honest, Peter Pan, I feel like is a story that I just felt like I always knew growing up. I don't remember the exact moment. It just felt like it was such a part of my childhood that I don't really remember a life before knowing about Peter Pan. I think it was one of the first Disney movies that I watched. And I grew up in a house that really loved fairy tales and folklore. And so, you know, everything from Hans Christian Andersen to Aesop's Fables to O. Henry. And so I think Peter Pan fit in that pretty squarely absolutely what appealed to you about playing tinkerbell honestly 
how fun the world is. One, just as an actor, not very often do you get the opportunity to fly around and pretend to be a fairy. And I think there's something just about honoring my inner child and honoring the fact that that seems like a dream, have fairy wings and cute ears. But more than that, I'd have to say reading the script made it such a no-brainer for me. As Peter Pan is such an iconic story, being able to see what was done with this movie of taking that fairy tale and taking all that magic that we love about the initial story, but expanding what we know about each character made me look forward to being a part of it and, you know, what we could do. And I think David built a Neverland like we've never seen it before. Agree. Agree. It's fantastic. And and it's beautiful. I think that was beautiful. the cool thing, too. I think all art and movies should be really beautiful. Yes, the ship flying, I, yeah, that's... I don't know how they did that. You cannot <laughs> tell me that ship was not suspended in midair. Disney magic. <laughs> okay, you've spent so much of your career acting with other people in scenes. What was it like to film your scenes for Peter Pan and Wendy without co-stars? Well, I, obviously it was a little odd, but I'd have to say, you know, playing a role that requires so much imagination anyway... I ended up kind of getting into the flow of things because it meant that because I couldn't rely on, let's say, my surroundings, because they built some beautiful sets. But since I was not on said beautiful sets, <laughs> what I did end up enjoying is that I really had to immerse myself in my imagination and truly get to set and believe that I was floating around, believe that I saw the people in front of me and pirates and ships. And so I think in a weird way, it made me further commit kind of to the character and to an actor to not have the visual help of having scene partners and all of that. So I ended up loving it because it took me back to being ages of four to seven, where I spent most afternoons with my brother being like, yeah, and we're in Rome right now. And you're a gladiator and I'm a this or like we spent so many afternoons being people that we weren't and being in places that we weren't that it was kind of fun to return back to that. So did you actually ever get to work with the cast? I met them at the London premiere. <laughs> but I do have to say, it's a testament to how much they gave on set, because I don't think I would have been able to perform had they not just been so, I think, incredibly in their characters that it inspired me. I would get to watch their scenes before I would film. So I'd watch what they did and really just work off of that. Your expressions are priceless. <laughs> Thank um, you. Knowing that Tink wouldn't speak in words, did that change your approach to the role? Yes, I have always played characters that are never short on words and always have so much to say. And I mean, myself, I'm such a talker. Like, I'm never not speaking. Um, and so to play a character where there are no words, again, going back to the fun of really challenging myself to do things differently, it was about looking at people that have done silent movies and people that perform. I think there was a lot of like theater references and things like that, because there is a history of, you know, performers that aren't using words, that aren't even using songs to communicate. And so it was really cool to look at how it's been done in the past and you know, the way that our movements can communicate so much. And so between that and spending hours in the mirror making faces at myself and recording <laughs> myself to see what that looked like. That was kind of the prep process. And then it was just a lot of figuring it out on set because 
you know, not only was I not speaking, but the motion capture technology is something that you have to use very specifically. I mean, it's very cool. It's very high tech, but you have a ton of cameras looking at your face and you can't really move all that much more of your body. And so I had to already have an idea of like, when my face is doing this, my body would be doing this because I won't be able to move when I'm actually filming it until Hmm. so much later. So is a hybrid of like extremely technical, but also one of the most creative things I've done. I love that you said theatrical because people always say when you're doing stage work, it has to be so much bigger because you're playing yeah, to the you have last to communicate row of the so much that it doesn't matter where the audience is sitting, they know exactly what you're thinking. Absolutely. You grew up before our eyes on Blackish. Do you have a favorite memory, maybe a scene, an episode, something you got to do from filming the show? Ooh, I'm trying to think. We had a lot of fun on Blackish. I loved our Halloween episodes. I have to say those were always really fun to shoot because the Johnson family went in on Halloween. Yes. We were the Jackson 5 season one. And then I think we were the Incredibles. And then we were like the first family. And so those Halloween episodes were always such a treat or really any moment where we got to dress up because there was even like our Prince episode was really incredible. But we have such an amazing costume team that I think those moments where we got to kind of play dress up for a moment and not be our characters was always really fun. And everyone was in such good spirits because how could you not be when dressed up as the Jackson five? That's awesome. Okay. So you filmed an episode of Blackish at Walt Disney world. Do you have a favorite or a funny memory that you can share from that experience? It was crazy filming there because it was August, nice and hot. But also, which I appreciate in the grand scheme of things, Disney wants to make sure that the people that are attending their experience isn't in any way kind of impeded by people filming because they didn't, you know, to sign up for their day knowing that we were going to be filming an episode. So that meant we were filming with just whoever was at the park and <laughs> we'd have to wait in line to do a take again just until the ride came back around. We were kind of waiting. But I'd have to say some of my favorite memories was basically we had guides for the week. And so the day would wrap and then we could go run to Space Mountain and do like some after hour Space Mountain <laughs> rides. And that was just really special because you know, we were actually there as a cast and we'd been together for seasons. So it felt more like family at the time. And it was nice because after going through these kind of longer hot days that were a little difficult to navigate, we got to just enjoy how fun being at the park was at the end of these days. Mm. Do you have a favorite Disney parks attraction or Ooh. two or seven? Okay. No, I do have to mention Space Mountain again because I wasn't a roller coaster person. Space Mountain was like the first like semi roller coaster type situation that I ever found myself on. I'm somebody that gets so motion sick. So I have to. <laughs> so I just thought, and I also, I love fast and to the ground. I was never a drops. I could ever do drops, but Space Mountain was like the first time where I was like, oh, this is epic. And I love this. And I'll go on it time and time again. I also love what's the one where it's like you're around fast track. The, oh, test track at Epcot. Test track. Oh my yeah. God. I was test track obsessed, which means <laughs> at Disneyland, I like the cars ride because that's yeah. like the closest to our equivalent. So yeah, I'd have to say those two. Test track was my stuff. I, I don't uh-huh. think they could get me off of it. I had to ride it for the scene. And that was the first time I wrote it. And I was like, oh, you can keep me on between takes. <laughs> I love it. And when you left to lead Grownish, did Anthony or Tracy have any advice for leading your own show? Why? 
I have to say they really led by example. Anthony and Tracy came to set so prepared every day, ready not only to handle the scene, but to have fun. I, I think they were so great at improvising because they knew their characters so well, because they did the work of knowing the scene so well and the relationships so well that I think it was that kind of work ethic that I learned on Blackish that helped me move into Grownish to have that as a training ground, to have these absolute legends in front of me in comedy meant that I, I was able to get that kind of good practice in. But I think I'd also always paid attention because they worked the craziest hours. And I think that was also good preparation because I'd always seen the fact that they came to set ready even if it was a long, long day and they got wrapped late. And Gronish season one, we get better and better every season. But Gronish season one, I was 17, but I'd graduated from high school. Just I'd skipped a grade. It was unintentional. I didn't mean to graduate early, but that meant <laughs> I was legal 18 at 17. And I was like, ooh, this little 16 hour day <laughs> is not too cute. But I think I pulled from their kind of work ethic to know that you know, the only thing that you can do is come to set as prepared as possible and see where the day takes you. That's great advice. Mm -hmm. So from Blackish to Grownish to now Peter Pan and Wendy, mm -hmm. you've been a part of the Disney family for a very long time. So aside mm -hmm. from great work, is there something you've enjoyed the most about being part of the Disney family? I've truly grown up on the Disney set. I was just pulling up this picture because somebody tagged me in one of my first Disney ads. Oh, oh my wow. gosh, I remember you that. You were in a Disney <laughs> store ad? Wow. My first print jobs were in Disney store ads. Oh, sorry, more pictures. And then that was my, that was Cameron. Who I, oh, look at oh Cameron. My God. Oh my gosh. Oh. Manifest, for sure. Mm -hmm. So I've been in the Disney family for a long time, <laughs> one way or another. Most of my like print jobs were Disney store print jobs, like at the age of five. So I think what I've loved is the ability to truly grow up within Disney and the fact that I've had the support to do that, to literally go from print to go from even when I would guest star on shows before Blackish, it was the Fosters, it was ABC shows, it was Wizards of Waverly Place. You know, I got to grow up there, got to go into Blackish. My first show was an ABC show called In the Motherhood with my brother. And yeah, so I, I grew up there, joined Blackish. Then they supported me as a lead for Grownish because I think at the time there were honestly conversations happening about do we want a 17 year old to lead a show? Do we think they can? Because, you know, there was a world where Grownish was more so about what was happening on the administrative level behind the scenes and then what was happening with the students in the world because they felt like they needed adult anchors for it. I think the faith that Disney entrusted in me to say that I could do it and I could carry it and that my cast could carry it. And that made the show what it was. We would have gotten a, a very different Grownish elsewhere. And yeah, and then I think even supporting me as a producer, like the fact that I get to go in our offices, we stare out and look at the Seven Dwarves building. I truly have grown up on this Disney lot for 10 years. So I think it's all those moments and the little moments in between, like people clapped when I drove to set for the first time because they never thought <laughs> I'd ever, they'd ever see me in a car because I was so anti-driving. But it speaks to the kind of the family element of like, I've truly grown up with everybody that I've worked with. We end every interview with this same question. Because you have grown up with Disney, this is going to be a toughie. What is your favorite Disney memory? Ooh, Disney movie memory or Disney period? Any memory that comes to you. Hmm. You know, honestly, just because I'm choosing an early memory, I don't want it to sound like I do not love all the other years I've spent at Disney, but 
I have to go back to those Disney store shoots when I was younger. I met so many of my friends there. And I think being five and being able to play dress up and have the best time, I think was the best kind of entry point into the Disney world possible because people are so nice. I literally grew up with the people that I shot with and somewhere in the world, I know I have not dreamed of this. There's a photo of me as Tinkerbell, like in little suspenders, like midair for the Disney store somewhere. So I'd have to say that because not only is it full circle and I think, you know, kind of foresaw things I could have only dreamed of, but it was just such a positive memory. Did you get to keep the stuff from the shoot though, really? Mm, I think accessories. I walked away with some accessories whenever the outfits. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yara, this is fantastic. Thank you so much. Congratulations. You are just so charming as Tinkerbell. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Yeah, we can't wait to see what's next. Thank you. Ah. Uh, Love her. Love her. I was trying not to fangirl, but first of all, she mentioned one of my favorite attractions, Test Track. And I love the fact that she just kept riding over and over again. How cool is that? Yes. I also love that she is, you know, into the parks enough to know similar ride system to Radiator Springs Racers. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Well, thanks again for listening to D23 Inside Disney. And don't forget to like and share this episode wherever you listen or subscribe. And if you want to chat with us, Use hashtag D23 inside Disney. And for all the latest Disney info, check out D23.com. We'll be back next week with more Disney news and a fantastic guest on an all new episode of D23 Inside Inside Disney. Disney.